want to go live on video but are a bit unsure where to start? Or maybe you already go live a lot but you are scared to sell. Download for free the Live Authentic Storytelling Guide. Six steps to infuse storytelling into your live videos. You'll get practical structure to help you convert your audience from raving fans to loyal customers. Go to www.livestorytellingguide.com and get your free guide today. In today's episode, you're going to be inspired by two wonderfully real Midwestern women. One, a Michigander, my home state, and another, a Nebraskan. Nancy Nelson is a grandmother who turned her passion for art into a business that brings one-of-a-kind joy to her clients. And Lori Apgar is a baseball mom who turned her love of crafting into a successful business and into being a Pinterest expert in her niche. Now, Pinterest isn't new, but it's new to me. (laughs) So if it's new to you too, make sure you stay to the end of this episode for some great hints and some great tips. In this episode, you'll learn how to turn your hobby into a business, how you can have a combination business with both on and offline sales, and how to start using Pinterest to bring sales to your business. This is the Creative Soulpreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Demas. Let's go. Nancy Nelson, welcome to the podcast. It's awesome to be here. Thank you, Nick. I am so happy you're here. You're what I would call a star student. <laughs> I certainly learned a lot. I don't know about star, but yeah, it's been an awesome experience. You are a star. Uh, so why don't you tell us a bit about your business, where it started, and the reason that I brought you here today is because you started your business as a hobby. Correct. Before it was a business, it was a hobby. You were a hobbyist, and you've turned it into a business and a lucrative one. So let's go back to the beginning and tell everyone what this hobby was and then what the business became. Okay. I've always dabbled a bit in arts and crafts, doing a little bit of this and a little bit of that. But when my first grandson turned two, I was looking for something to give him for his birthday that was unique because he had all the toys and all the books and everything that he needed. So I wanted something unique. Um, And I decided to make him a refurbished children's table with chairs that had a mosaic design on top. And uh, people really, really liked it. Um, It went over wonderfully, and I enjoyed the experience so much. I decided to go ahead and continue creating these whimsies, as I call them, for family and friends. And the request just did not stop. I mean, it it was beautiful. And I look at this as a way to bring joy to people. We have so much going on in our world right now that people need a reason to be thankful and joyful. And um, I see my whimsies as a way to do that. So we've gone from that single table for my grandson to, I really don't know how many orders I have this month, but I picked up two tables today from an individual and I'm working on one now. So I'll have at least a dozen this month. So it's it's been going wonderfully. Yeah. So you started this business for your grandson. I did. I did. I mean, I love that story so much because 
I think we can all relate to, I know I have nieces and nephews and they have everything. Like, what do you get kids that have everything kind of, you know, or anybody in your life that has stuff and you decided to create something for them from this craft that you love. Like you had a history before this of creating stuff, right? Like it wasn't just all of a sudden today I'm going to create. You've been an artist basically your whole life. I did. Definitely a hobbyist um, dabbling in just about anything you can imagine. And then these beautiful pieces started to catch on with friends. That's correct. I think probably 75% of the people I work with have one. (laughs) So they started telling their family and friends and it just caught on. And then how did you find me? Like, how did this happen that you then stumbled upon me somewhere? Oh, Nick, I I don't even know. I mean, I, I just, I was on Facebook and I saw this wonderful man whose ideas were so similar to mine, um, you know, looking for the positive in things, ways to make the world a better place. And I just started catching your live broadcast and I was very, very impressed. And I think when I first started listening to you, I wasn't even considering the fact that my hobby could turn into a business, but here we are. Yeah, here we are. So it went from family and friends to then suddenly strangers were purchasing your products. What did that feel like? It was a wonderful feeling. You always want to think that what you are producing has value, but to have value, you know, even beyond my family, who I feel may be kind of obligated to, to like what I do, to people I had received yesterday a request from somebody in um, Kansas. So I'll have um, a whimsy in Kansas. And my husband said we need to put up a, a map of the United States so that we can put pins in all the states. So. Yeah, because you're from Michigan, right? Like, that's where you live. Yes. And up to, up to until recently, it had been a Michigan business. True, yes. And then this past week, I sent one to Florida and one to Kentucky. So that was a milestone in my business and extremely exhilarating. It was wonderful. Take me back now to when you made the decision, because I think there's a lot of people out there that are hobbyists. What what helped you make the decision, oh, this can actually be a business and this can actually be something that makes me money? Um, I think it was a combination of the fact that I enjoyed doing it so much. My day job as a receptionist at a, an emergency veterinary hospital is very challenging. So I would come home and go right to work doing things that I enjoy and things that relax me and bring me pleasure. And to think that that is something that I could make money at, that I was actually starting to make money at was amazing to me. You know, a a job doesn't have to be something that wears you out during the day. And, you know, I mean, wear you out, not in a good way, but in a exhausting, emotionally exhausting way. So I started um, making these for other people and they were extremely happy and money just started coming in. And I thought, wow, if this is happening with me putting no effort into it, if I should put effort into it, you know, really the sky's the limit, you know, how much can I produce? And it just led to a lot of further questions, but it's been amazing. 
just amazing to see this bloom. So for anybody out there, explain exactly what a whimsy by Jubilee is. What is it? What is it? What, what is it exactly? What is it? I take furniture that I get either from yard sales or secondhand stores, or sometimes my clients will have tables that have special meanings to them. I have done one from someone's um, great-grandfather. It was a table that their great-grandfather had, and they wanted something special done to it. So I talked to the individual that I am making the whimsy for, and I just asked them a, a a series of questions, you know, what, what is it in life that brings you joy? Where's your happy place? What colors do you like? Where is your place to escape? Those kind of questions. And I try not to have the client give me too many specifics. I want it more to be something that comes from within me to kind of be a response to what makes them happy. And so far, it's just been amazing. The unveiling of the whimsies is like the most happy time. Um, My husband got to witness one not too long ago, and he was just blown away. It's just because you're creating a custom piece of love for people, right? Ultimately, this is a custom piece for their home. Exactly. Yeah. The other thing that you've done since starting working with me is you are also teaching. Yeah, I'm working on that. That is coming. Yes. Um, I have had a couple of Facebook live events and they have gone pretty well. So that is still definitely a work in progress. Isn't it always though, right? Like I can say, I can tell you from my own experience with my own business, it's constant experimentation. Right. Right. And it's just finding what exactly works. So it's a constant work of progress, just like an art piece is. True. It's a work in progress. Very true. And eventually we just abandon. (laughs) (laughs) We, 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 you know, an art piece is never finished. We just abandon it, right? Exactly. Exactly. And that is something that I am still working on, knowing when to let go, because I always feel there is a way that I can improve it. You know, I can do this or I can do that, but there just comes a certain point where I have to realize I'm done with this. So I have to let it go and letting go of something that you've created is exciting and difficult at the same time, because you know that you will be judged to some extent. I mean, how, how good of an artist are you and how good does this fit the description of what I was hoping you would make, but it's been amazing so far, just the the way people have accepted and just celebrated the pieces I've made. Yeah, and your business is new. I mean, how many how many months have you been in business now? <laughs> I would say I started thinking about it in November of last year, and here we are at the end of August. So that is a lot to have happened in just a few short months. Yeah, and by a lot, you've gone from having no clients to having 12 a month? At least 12 a month, yeah. At least. I'm working. So, yeah. you know, 12 to 15 to a point where you're nearly ready to quit your J-O-B. Yeah. I'm getting there where at least it's a possibility, you know. And right. You're seeing the end of the, you're seeing the tunnel. It's, it's crazy. It's just crazy. And then that's in less than a year. You do realize how exciting that is, that it has been less than a year and you're 
nearly at a place of saying, okay, this is full-time employment for me. Yeah, it just boggles my mind. There are so many things that you have helped me through. And one of them was the, the, the whole mind frame of everything has to be perfect. And I have to take all these classes and I have to, you know, work with a furniture refurbisher before I can start doing my own thing. None of that was true. I mean, I'm still, I'll be taking a glass cutting class in two weeks, but I didn't put off starting my business until I had done that. It's just something that I can keep building on and I don't have to wait until everything's perfect. Right. Cause there'll always be something else to learn. Right. Exactly. And that's the exciting part. Yes. Right. Right. And rather than letting it hold you back to have it propel you forward, right. That just get going. Right. And look what's happened. Right. <laughs> yes. I would have never got going on my own. It would have just continued to be a, what if kind of scenario, whereas now it's actually happening. Yeah, it's happening big time. So talk to me about another limiting belief called imposter syndrome. Oh boy. (laughs) Oh boy. Yeah. I, that was such a big one for me. You know, who, who am I to say that I have the talent to have art pieces in the homes of people that I don't even know. Who am I to do that? And uh, it's just amazing to think that my one-of-a-kind creations really are things that people other than me and my family get excited about. I have a talent, and it's, it's different. There's no one out there that creates just exactly what, the way I do or for the reasons I do. And... I think I will always remember that phrase, who am I? We kind of discussed that a lot in one of the first engagements that you and I had. It was like, yeah, I get that. I get that. Who am I to take money for what I do? It's brought me a long way. That and also just putting myself out there and being accepted the way I am totally blew my mind. I always thought I needed to be more. I needed to be better educated, be a better artist, um, have painting skills, or know how to make stained glass and cut the glass to perfect shapes. And none of that is true for what I do. And that's because the art that I have chosen to do is genuinely me. It's what I create. And there's no right or wrong. There's absolutely no right or wrong in any kind of business, ultimately, but especially in what, what you're doing, art is so subjective, right? Why why do you do what you do? You mentioned that nobody does it for the same reasons that you do. So why do you create the way that you create? The primary reason is to bring joy to other people. I see so many people suffering in so many different ways. And I think just the conversation I have with people, asking them about their likes and their happy places, their favorite colors, I think that alone perhaps is something that a lot of people don't get asked. You know, what makes you happy? And to put that into a piece of art, I think just totally brings a new dimension of of happiness to people. It's something that they can put in their house and see every day and remember the ocean side or remember the beagle they had 10 years ago. 
and no longer have. It's just a way to, to bring a, a little bit of happiness to people. And I've always been one who thought, you know, doing those ra- random acts of kindness, they're called. Um, so this is kind of my way of, of, of doing that, um, getting beyond the superficialness um, of the world we live in where you don't even know your next door neighbor, but just digging a little deeper into what makes people happy and giving them just a, a, a little bit of that. That's beautiful. That's really beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, I love that mission, of course. And where do you see your business in the future? Well, thanks to you, I've been thinking a lot about that lately. Um, you know, personally, I can only create so many whimsies in a month. So there's the whole teaching aspect of it that I have to expand upon. Um, I'm thinking of finding someone whose passion is actually doing the refurbishing of the furniture. So, you know, maybe someone will clean up the furniture, paint it the right color, and then I'll go to work on the artwork. So it'll be more of a pair. I mean, look at you building your team. (laughs) Slowly but surely, you bet. I'm not giving this up. I love how you say slowly. Meanwhile, it hasn't even, we started working together in, we started working together in March. Yes. (laughs) So you say slowly and I'm like, um, girl. (laughs) Yes, you do have a good point there. It has happened quickly, totally unexpectedly. I did not set out to do this, but I could not be happier. I couldn't be happier. And just the reaction that I get from people is incredible. It's very uplifting for me. And then delivering the whimsies to the individuals is uplifting for them. So it's a win-win. Yeah, you're truly bringing them the joy that you desire in the world. I see it by, you know, for those of you that when you go to follow Nancy, you'll see her beautiful creations and you get to see sort of how joyful they are because they're very, it's very clear that joy is in every single piece that you create. And now you'll be able to not only have team members helping you, but also be able to pass it on how you do what you do to others, which I think is going to really not only propel your business forward, but also that idea of paying it forward. Yes, that's wonderful. That's beautiful. Yeah. So what advice would you have to anyone that is maybe a hobbyist that's thinking, hmm, I wonder if I could take what I do, whatever it is, and turn it into a business, their passion with that purpose? I would say put yourself out there. It's scary. The first time I did an art show, I thought I was going to vomit, but I made it through. (laughs) It It was scary, and it is scary, but you have to put yourself out there, and you have to believe in your work. You have to be able to answer the questions of why are you doing this and, you know, what can I expect? People have to have a certain amount of faith in you that you're going to do something that they like because I don't show them a picture and say, this is what you're going to get. It's always a surprise. So you have to be willing to change your expectations and let them grow because I did have my expectations in this little box. You know, I'm going to make a table for my grandkids and that's going to be it. But when people started asking me about it and asking if I could make something for them, it was scary, yes. But I saw an opportunity to make other people happy doing something I enjoyed. And 
how can you lose doing that? They're happy, you're happy. You just have to take the chance. Don't worry about all the classes that are out there and please don't worry about all the other people that you feel are doing the same thing or doing it better. That was a big one for me. There are a lot of people out there refurbishing furniture. There are people out there making stained glass. There are people painting, but I have found my niche and I don't know of anybody doing exactly the same thing I'm doing. So if you're able to put a personal spin on it, that's even better. Yeah, because ultimately it's from you and you are the uniqueness. You are the originality. And because it's flowing through you, it is inherently original, unique. Exactly. And if you try to copy what someone else is doing because they are successful, you're missing the whole point of art and having your own business. You you have to have your own purpose. You have to have your own way of doing things. And if you're copying someone else, you're doing their work, not your own. Well, the sky is the limit for you. Thank you. I feel, I feel it now. It took me a while to totally believe that, but yes, I do feel it. Yeah. I mean, I see it. It's, but it's one of these interesting things as your, your coach to have watched this transition happen over time and to see you step fully into yourself is such a beautiful thing to witness and be a part of. And I thank you for your vulnerability. Because I think that that's really what we what, what we're talking about here is that fear of overcoming the fear is really stepping into the, your vulnerable space. Yes, exactly. And you will be vulnerable, but when you put yourself out there, the rewards are amazing. I would never have thought that people would write on my Facebook page the things that they have written about my art. It's amazing. It's beautiful. Any final thoughts for Anyone out there listening, anything that you, anything you'd recommend? Just be yourself. Do what makes you happy and you'll find that it brings joy to other people. If it doesn't, you're not in the right group <laughs> because, because I have gotten so much support, so much love, so much wonderful feedback for doing what I love and who wouldn't want that kind of lifestyle? To be able to do what you love to do, make other people happy, and bring in a good income at the same time. It's fabulous. I mean, that's that's everything right there. Totally. That's everything. And where can everyone find you? Where's your, what, what are these socials that you've been talking about? <laughs> Whimsiesbyjubilee.com. And I'm also on Facebook by the same name. And we'll make sure to put that in the show notes so you can click on and see the beautiful art pieces and order one because yes. now they're all over the United States <laughs> and soon the world. There you go. <laughs> okay. Thank you so much, Nancy. Have you been told to use stories to market your soul-centered business, yet you don't even know where to begin? I have the guide to get you started. Go to www.thenickdemas.com forward slash seven stories and download your free story plot guide for marketing your soul-aligned business. There are only seven stories ever told, ever, you all, and I simply break them down for you and how you can use them in your business. You'll find story plots like Overcome the Monster, The Quest, Voyage and Return. So go to www.thenickdemas.com forward slash seven stories and get started today. I have with me today my friend from the online space. We met, well, it's been about a year and a half now. Welcome, Lori Apgar, to the show. 
Thank you so much for having me here, Nick. I'm so excited to be here. So let's start with you telling us what you do, who you serve, all those, what you do. (laughs) What do you do? (laughs) Who you serve and all of those beautiful questions. I'm Lori Apgar with Lori Apgar Creates. And I help crafty business owners stand out in the sea of crafters and get their work seen and sold. I have been a lifelong crafter and I love to make things. I also love to teach people things. And of course, we all love to sell our work. Yeah. Okay. So when you say crafty, I know so many people that are into that, you know, that are um, maybe not necessarily pros like you are, but that do it as a wonderful, fun side hobby. Is that who you tend to attract or do you find people that are working towards a business? Well, funny you should ask because I was, uh, I worked daycare full time for 22 years and I crafted as a source of de-stressing after a long, hard day of work. And it just kind of evolved that people would say, oh, can you make me one of those? Oh, I would love to buy one of those. And it kind of morphed into a real business for me. And a lot of the people that follow me have followed a similar path while others, you know, are just craft full time, um, have brick and mortars. It's just, it kind of runs the gamut there. You know, I love that you said that it was just something that you love to do because you were able to create a business out of something that you love to do. And I also love that you talked that it was in stages, right? I think that there's a fallacy out there that it has to be all or nothing, right? That you can't sort of slowly build. And it sounds like you slowly built your brand. I am a very slow, (laughs) slow, methodical. Yes, it took me a while. And I was, you know, when I got my first heat press, I even said out loud, I do not want to become the t-shirt girl. I just want to do this for fun. And I am now the t-shirt girl. (laughs) (laughs) But it's okay now because I enjoy it. And I love the designing part as much as the making part. But yeah, I did it for fun. Um, My mother was a crafter. Her dad was an artist. Like he studied at the Chicago Art Institute. So there is something in the bloodline that has helped me and guided me towards crafting for sure. Now you're a mom too, right? Yes. So how do you balance the work with the creating of your art, crafting is art, and the teaching? Well, it was difficult in the early years when my kids were younger. I have three boys. They're now aged 30, 25, and 14. So now I have a little bit more free time on my hands. (laughs) 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 But I have been a baseball mom for over 20 years. So usually from April through mid-July, I don't have a lot of time to craft or do craft shows or any of that kind of thing. And I'm okay with that. I love that I own my own business now and I can prioritize my time so that I can say, I'm sorry, I can't do that show. I'm going to be on the baseball field watching my son. I've made that a priority. So for me, being my own business owner has really been beneficial to my family life. And family and life is crazy. I mean, when the when the older two boys were younger, I was more needed. And now my my son pretty much just needs money and food and a ride. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, I can really relate to the idea, not so much of being a mom, because I definitely am not a mom, but I can relate to the idea of the flexibility that this life affords, that I can choose 
what I'm going to do when I'm going to do it on my schedule and mine alone, ultimately. I mean, yeah, I mean, I've got some deadlines and things, that, I, but they're ones that, that I create, right? So it's a, it's a totally different way of working, which is really fantastic. So, okay, as a crafter, as crafty, you tend to sell your goods where and how. How does that work? Well, I have um, a website that I, I didn't create it. I'm not going to lie. I paid somebody to do that for me. <laughs> I love the honesty. It's so good. I put one together, a free one, and it was basically a glorified photo album of some of my work. It was bad. You couldn't even buy anything. So I had somebody else do that for me. And on there, I have all my digital stuff, my online courses and my opt-in pages, landing pages, that kind of stuff is on the website. I have an Etsy shop for my shirts, some earrings, and a few wood signs. And then the rest I do live. And when I say live, I mean at craft shows, the same shows every year. And then I am a part owner in a pop-up shop that's run kind of like a co-op. I want to step back just a minute. I started selling to my friends, my daycare parents, and my family. And then it spread from there to their friends and family. And so I would say over probably 75% of my sales are to my local audience, which is not the norm for somebody who is usually they put it out there on Etsy or on a website and they grow their business that way. So I'm working to do that, but I, I still have these loyal, wonderful customers that I really want to take care of because they've been so good to me over the past few years. I mean, that reminds me of that 1970s Prell, Prell, I think it was Prell shampoo commercial where it was the girl and it was like, and, and, and you tell two friends and you tell two friends and so on and so on and so on and so on and so on. If you're too young for that commercial, go Google it. It's like one of the best commercials ever, you, you know, if you are. <laughs> well, that's really amazing that you've been able to build such a loyal following. I think that, that that idea that you actually don't need that many people to have a lucrative business because you have a full-time business based on what you're saying is a fairly small audience pool. It's just that they're super loyal. Yeah, I've got a couple of friends that every vacation they go on, they need shirts and the cops with the decals on them, or they need tote bags or, ha I mean, they just, it's like when you find that favorite little thing that you need to have at certain times, you just keep going back to that shop or back to that person. And I, I tried really hard to kind of step away from that and just focus online. And it really wasn't working for me. They kept calling. <laughs> so I finally thought, you know what, that's more important. I need to stick with what I've got first. Yeah, that brand loyalty is, yeah. I mean, that's really, that's what we, what, what we all crave. So the fact that you have it, don't push that away, girl. Do not push that away. Right. Right. Build the other bridge, but keep the, keep what's uh, paying the bills going as well. And I think that's also a really good tip for people out there that it doesn't have to be one or the other. Yeah. Right. It doesn't have to be only online or only offline that you could actually have a, have a nice combination. And just because it's working one way for one person that's in your niche or in what doing what you do, it doesn't mean you have to follow exactly in their footsteps because you got to be true to yourself. And some people don't have a local audience at all. And I, I don't even know what that's like. I mean, I can't even go to the grocery store without being, hey, how's it going? Hey, how's that shirt coming along? Because they all know me. And I just can't imagine not even knowing my customers. That's super interesting because I don't know my customers like that. You know, 
I, not, not in that way, not in the go to the grocery store kind of way, because mine are from all over the world. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would have to be in their community somehow. <laughs> <laughs> Which would be fun. <laughs> Although I will say that with Michael, my partner, wherever we go, we somehow run into somebody I know. It's a running joke with us. We'll be in, you know, Scotland, and I'll run into somebody I know, or Australia. And he's like, how is this possible? <laughs> that is so cool, though. You know, it's just years and years and years of meeting lots and lots of people, having been in the performing industries, and and it's it's just uh, you meet a lot of people in in that, that business. There's something that you know a lot about that I want to know more about, and I'm kind of excited to talk about this because I really don't know anything about it, and it's social media related. It's Pinterest. Uh, I have a social media manager who's starting to dive into Pinterest for me, but I literally don't know anything about it. I don't know enough to even say to my social media manager, hey, think about this, X, Y, Z. I have no idea. So can you, because I know you use Pinterest a lot, right? Yes, I do. Yeah. So tell me, give me the basics of Pinterest. Why Pinterest? Absolutely. I can tell you, I've been on Pinterest since about day two. And back then, I did two things on Pinterest and I don't do either of them now, but I, just to give you a background on Pinterest, I would save projects that look like they'd be fun to make into a board so I could find it later or recipes. And I was on, um, now don't laugh. I was a huge scrapbooker when my boys were little and I was on several design teams for scrapbooking and paper craft companies. All for free. I didn't make any money at all, but I had a separate blog for that. And we had different Pinterest boards to share our scrapbook layouts and cards and things like that. So it was a place to collect things that you wanted to see later. Well, in the last few years, it has changed into almost like a combination of Google and Amazon, where people are pinning. You can take one pin, which is just a digital picture Uh, maybe a Canva creation that has a few words on it. And the URL that it goes to is a blog post or a listing on Etsy or a listing on your website. And you can direct your own traffic exactly where you want them to go. So if somebody is offering an online course, a coaching program, you can put that on Pinterest free of charge. You just create a place to house it, and there's so much to it that I don't want to get into everything because it'll, it'll be overwhelming. Sure. But basically, it's uh, you can advertise there without paying to advertise. You can pay to advertise, but you can strategically pin that out and put it in a pool over here, a tribe over here, and they can pin that out for you as well. It's it's just really um, the easiest way to direct traffic. So so is it a little is it a little bit like well because it's SEO right it, it, and so is it a little bit like almost like a Google meets a social platform like there is a social aspect to it but it sounds like it has which what you were saying was sort of like the community of people that can help pin stuff for you but it sounds like it has this ability to drive traffic. Absolutely. In a way that, say, Instagram doesn't unless people go to your LinkedIn bio. Yes. And I can tell you that there are 325 million people on Pinterest every single month. And a good chunk of those people are my ideal customer. It's insane. that they And they have their credit cards in hand. And they're using Pinterest as an Amazon type place where I want something unbranded. 
there's there's other stats that prove that most of the searches on Pinterest are for unbranded items. They're not looking for name brands. They're looking for right. a rustic wood sign for my dining room or bathroom humor decor pieces, or they're redoing, you know, their baby's room. There's a lot of wedding people, you know, want all those little details for the wedding and the bridal shower. It's insane the amount of people on there. Well, it sounds like for my artist friends that are listening, that this is a gold mine. It is. And, and, and you also said, though, that it works for your courses. Yes. So for the teachers and the course creators and coaches out there, it may work as well. And if you're a blogger, you know, I just reshared an old blog today with a new pin, a fresh pin, and it already has over 2,000 eyeballs and three shares on it. It's old. It's two years old content. It's still relevant, and it has affiliate links in that blog post. And you can continue to drive traffic. Now, your pins never die. So you don't have to worry about, oh, I pinned it a year ago. No one's seen it now. They might be. But you can, after a certain time, create a new image for the same URL and just pin it as a new pin. Well, I love that you said that because that means that something that I did two years ago is still there versus versus on, say, Facebook one of the issues for me with Facebook is that once it's gone, it's gone, and all that sort of work is sort of vanished. Um, although I love my Facebook lives, you all know that. But when I, when I, that is one of the issues for me. So I love the idea that it stays, that it stays there. Now it has, you said image. Does it also do video? Yes. 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 It does. You can record. Um, you don't want a long video, but you can create like a GIF. If you get the URL to that live video, you can put that in your pin. Oh, that's brilliant. Yeah. So, or let's say a lot of people that I know in the craft world have a VIP free Facebook group where they put their customers in and then they give them like the first looks and the best, you know, the best sale prices. You can put the link to join that group in a pen and a URL. So I do that. I either put my live videos in a blog post and then pin the blog post or I'll direct them right to the live video. So let's say I'm just starting, which I am. Go follow me at Phoenix Demas on Pinterest. If <laughs> I got to put my plug in there, right? Yep. Even though, you know, I, I, I have maybe 300 followers right now. I'm, I'm at the very start. That's okay. You know, when you're at the very start, what are one or two tips that you have for people? Like, this is how you should begin. Okay. So first of all, for Pinterest, you want to create one of your boards to be like the very first place you pin all of your pins. So it would be like the best of Nick Demas or something along those lines. Mine is, I think, the best of Lori Epcor. But, um, <laughs> and then from that board, you can reshare it into other places of your own and others. But you want it in one place because then you can see exactly how many views and shares and engagement you get on that one pin. Along with every other social platform, you want to make sure you have a good picture, a good title with some keywords and SEO words in there, and description. Um, hashtags were a thing for a while, but now they're not again. The video is, some videos are better than others, but I think if you just have a really good picture, photo in your pen, that's, that's all you need. That and some great SEO words, anything that can help people who are, just think of them sitting at Google and they want your item, how would you describe that item? Mm. Use those words in your, somewhere in there. 
That's really good. Yeah. I, I love keyword research. And I also love that you were being a scientist. You're like, put it all in one so you can look at it and see what is actually gaining traction for you yeah. because you don't really know until you put it out there. No, and if you just pin willy-nilly, like, okay, I'm going to put it in this board here of mine and then this one, and then you're like, this one has a different number on it. You know, it's like if you just want to keep track. And so what I do is I'll go back and see which one gets more traction, This the one with this color background or that color, the one with this picture or that picture. Is it a picture of me or is it a graphic? You know, because it could be, it could go to the same place, but one of them may get more. And then why is that? I wonder. So then I do more like this and then compare it to something new. And it's just a great big science experiment, honestly, but. <laughs> well, I, but that that's really what you have to do, right? I think yeah. that's, that's the case in all of business. It's just a big science experiment. We tend, yeah. especially as personal brand, we tend to get really emotional about it because it's us. Yes. It's our brand and it's who we're the face of it. And so we can tend to get super emotional. Yeah. And when you can step back and, and, and be scientific about it, that's when you can garner success because you're not attached to an outcome. Right. And then you don't get hurt feelings because the pin with the pretty project gets more views than the pin with your face. Or... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For me, I tend on, on other platforms, I don't know yet, yet, I say, Pinterest. Yep. Uh, on other platforms, I the ones that tend to get the best for me are these memes that I make that are, you know, little sayings that I'll say. But I found that the more cliche they are, the more that the more likes they get. And I'm like, but that's just so simple. Like, what? <laughs> you know, I thought about the other one for like three hours before, <laughs> as I created it. This one is the one you all like? I was just thinking that I'm like, he probably spent so much time on the one that nobody's, nobody's commenting on, but yeah. Well, it's, it's actually taught me a lesson of not overthinking. Yes, absolutely. The stuff, it's kind of like throwing spaghetti at the wall. You never know what's going to stick. And I, that same thing happens to me. I didn't wear my, I wear reading glasses. I have contacts in, but I keep readers on all the time so that I can read comments. And one day I forgot them. I got more views on that page. And I'm like, oh, maybe I should get rid of the glasses. Well, aren't you listening to what's coming out of my mouth? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a whole thing, right? It's a whole, you just, you just have to, and not take it, and like we said, not take it um, personally. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the four agreements, uh, you know, uh, Ruiz, the four agreements, don't take anything personally is one of them, right? Yep. So any final thoughts about Pinterest, about your business, anything else you want to share with us? Oh, absolutely. I think that no matter where you're at in your business, things are going to happen. Some of them might stop you in your tracks. Some of them might give you that, oh, ooh, I can do this. But just know that it is, it's an adventure. And mm -hmm. it's not, um, you don't wake up one day and everything's perfect and it's going to stay that way. Things change on a dime. Um, what's working right now on Facebook might not work tomorrow. Same with Pinterest or Instagram. Um, but just learn to kind of go with the flow a little bit. Take a deep breath and just, I don't know, I have my vision board with me all the time. And when I kind of feel a little lost, I just look at it and remember what my goals are for the year. And um, know that if I, you know, kind of lose my way, 
I've got my roadmap and everything's going to be okay. Thank you so much for inspiring us and uh, for telling your story of mompreneur. <laughs> you know, really, I, I so respect that, that you've taken something that you love so much and turned it into a really good business for yourself. And that I think is such a huge success and I'm proud of you. Uh, so so um, where can, where can everyone find you? You can find me everywhere at Lori Apgar Creates, and that's L-O-R-I. I know there's different ways to spell that word. Mine is the best way. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Lori Apgar Creates on Facebook, on Pinterest.com, and on Instagram. For all of my crafty friends out there, those that are hobbyists and those that are looking maybe to turn it into a business, go find Lori Please be sure to write us a review, give us a ranking, send us a shout out, a DM on Instagram to either me or Nancy or Lori. Have a great, great rest of your day, folks.